Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Double Coverage Podcast. I'm Stacey Blackwood here with Jake Thomas. Jake, how you doing today, bud? Doing good, man. How about you? Oh, I can't complain. I'm leaving for the beach in the morning, so it's, it's going to be a good, good, good week. Uh, yeah, for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's get to the games. You know, we last week we talked about a few games. You know, some of the nation's biggest games, and uh, you know, we still got one game coming up here in just a few minutes: Virginia yep. Tech and Florida State. Uh, let's kind of recap uh, Michigan and Notre Dame. Uh, just my quick thoughts on it. I thought uh, both defenses played well. Shea Patterson, he, uh, I don't know, he just kind of looked lost a little bit. I didn't catch a lot of the game because I was watching the Alabama-Louisville game. Yeah. But uh, it, it just doesn't seem like Harbaugh's willing to bend at all on his play calling or his – his style of offense. Shea Patterson's an athletic guy, and he needs to be on the move a little bit. Yep. They they make they need to implement some RPOs, and they're just running a pure pro style offense. And I, I just don't see how that's going to help Shea Patterson develop in that system. And another point is uh, Michigan's offensive line really struggled to protect Patterson, and uh, that that was a big part of the game. You know, they forced that fumble at the end of the game that, that kind of sealed the deal for Notre Dame. But uh. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Michigan recovers. Uh, I think Notre Dame's a good football team. I don't think they're great. So we'll just kind of see where it goes. Uh, like I said, this is kind of how I thought the game might go. I, I think my score prediction was 26-23 Notre Dame. You know, that's, that's relatively close. Yeah. You know, one's just a couple points for each team. But uh, you, you have anything to add on that game? I was just going to say you was right. You know, we, we both talked about the offensive line for Michigan. Um, they gave it three sacks. That offensive line, if they're going to do anything in the ACC, they've got to tighten up that offensive line. And like you said, Harbaugh's got to come off his play con a little bit. You know, Shea Patterson, he he's not really fast, but he's he can move around. He's and, quick. Yeah, and and they just kept him in the pocket and around that offensive line. You know, that he's he's got to move, and and he's just not a pocket passer, especially behind the line that they've got. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's it'll be interesting to see both teams how, how they uh, fare the rest of the seasons. You know, both teams have tough schedules. But yeah, one one quick point: the the Big Ten kind of struggled this opening weekend. You know, there was a lot of hype about that conference. Yeah, and uh, you know, Michigan struggled. Penn State struggled with App State. Michigan State struggled with what was it? Utah State. Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe that. You know, it is just one game. It's one week. Anything can happen. It's the first game of the year, so but, got a got a little got to get a lot of the bugs worked out. Yeah. But uh, Big Ten may be down but, this year. Well, I don't know if it'll be down. I just don't know that it'll be as good as it was hyped to be. Correct. But you know, it, it remains to be seen. Yeah. But moving on to game two, uh, Washington and Auburn, uh, it was it was a toss up, just like we we thought it would be. Both of us thought it'd be you know a, a one point game. Yeah. And it, you know, for the, you know, it was. It, I mean, it, the, whole the final was twenty one sixteen, and it was just back and forth the whole game. Uh, Stidham started out on fire. I mean, the the first quarter of that game, he, I mean, he was slinging it. Yeah. And Washington was having a hard time stopping them between the twenties. Now, when they got in the red zone, Auburn's lack of a running game really hurt them. Mm. I know. I know Martin finished with eighty yards on twenty two carries, which isn't isn't bad, but. You know, 
Auburn couldn't finish a lot of their drives because their running game was was tough to get going inside the red zone. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Washington. But, you know, we, we come into this game saying that both teams had great defenses. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it, it really lived up to that type of game. And it didn't surprise me that, that Auburn won. I picked Washington to win 21-20. to 20, But we both said that it, was, it could have went either way. Mm-hmm. And uh, Washington had the ball with a chance to win it. And, and Browning surprisingly took – Two horrible sacks yeah. to, to 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 deflate the ball and, and and give Auburn the victory. They were moving the ball down the field. They they had a third and long, and instead of living to fight another day, he takes a sack and then takes another sack on fourth down. You you got to get rid of the ball whether you complete it or not. You have to get rid of the ball. Right. You <laughs> you eliminate your chance to win by taking sacks like that. So yeah, uh, I was surprised by that. He did throw for two hundred ninety six yards. They both quarterbacks really picked apart their secondaries, and both receiver receiving cores made good catches and yep. good run after catches. Uh, Ryan Davis for Auburn is going to be going to give teams fits. He's 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 quick. He make guys miss. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Washington fares in, in the Pac-12. They the Pac-12's not the strongest conference. Uh, UCLA got beat by Cincinnati in, in Chip Kelly's debut, so that. That's not a good look for them. So, Auburn, Auburn's who who we thought they were. You know, their offensive line struggled a little bit, uh, but their defense is really good. Stidham's really good. So, you got a good defense and a good quarterback, you're going to win a lot of football games. Mm-hmm. And two weeks when they're when they're playing LSU, that's going to be a heck of a ball game. It sure is. There you go. What you, you got anything to add on the Washington yeah. Auburn game? Yeah. Um, you know, you talked about Cam Martin. We, we was wondering. Well, we talked about it last week. Well, Auburn have a thousand-yard rusher. You know, eighty yards not bad, but twenty-two carries that averaged out to three point six yards a carry. Which, I mean, three point six. You round it up to four. That that's the first down every time. But but when you get into SEC play, you know, Alabama. You know, we'll we'll talk about Alabama here, but they absolutely shut down the run game uh, against Louisville. But you know, come well, they're going to have to rely more on Jerry Stidham this year and. And therefore, the longest, you know, I, I talked about it. I said, Malzahn, he almost lost this game because he went for two. Very, very first score of the game, yeah. they went for two. Yes, exactly. And and I don't know why he don't take the points, but come SEC play, if he might he might do that, it's going to backfire, you know. So, but but Auburn's defense and Washington's defense is really good. Um <laughs> I Washington might be able to sneak back in, but I think this loss, you know, if and the and for the playoff committee, you know, if you have a one loss Auburn versus a one loss Huskies, who are you gonna put in? Right. So there's no. There's yeah. It, it's gonna be a little bit tougher for Washington to get back up there. Right, because their their conference is weak. Yeah. So, it, like you said, it will be an uphill climb. So we'll just kind of see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next game, Miami and LSU. I should have went with my gut and picked LSU. I said that it felt like a game that Mark Ritt would blow yep. because he's the biggest choke artist of all time. Yep. He's a good Christian man, and I like him, but he is a choke artist when it comes to coaching in big games. And uh, it, it, it's just unbelievable. It's one of the phenomenons of college football that I do not understand. He just cannot get his guys ready to play in big games. No. He it was like that at Georgia, and he's continued that tradition at Miami. Yeah. But – uh. The game kind of went like I thought it would. I, I was actually surprised that 
you know, I thought it was Malik Rozier, but he says it's Rozier. Yeah. He he didn't play very well. For no. a senior quarterback, I mean, 15 to 35, That that's – I mean, LSU has a really good defense, and we said that in the first podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're tough on defense. They're going to get after you. But I, the biggest surprise to me was the offensive line play of LSU. I mean, I, they got dudes. We all know that. But the last couple of years, they didn't seem to have that tenacity and, and – and grit and determination on the offensive line. But last night, they were getting after it. Yeah. I mean, they were blocking on the second and third levels, and, and it was, it really helped Brissett get to 125 yards, and he had that long touchdown run of 50 yards. He had a really nice game. Yeah. Burrow was okay. I mean, they didn't ask him to do a whole lot. They had a lot of short passes for him. But he didn't seem lost like quarterbacks of the past for LSU. So this, this is an interesting team. They have talent. I don't really trust Coach O that much. I mean, he had a terrible record at Ole Miss. I, I don't trust him that much. I could see him blowing a couple games. But it is a good win. You know, it makes that game with Auburn in a couple weeks more interesting because if they lose this game, they'll probably lose to Auburn. Yeah. If you start you start one and two, that's when, that's when uh, people will start – Worrying about uh, job security for Coach Coach O. So uh, that's my thoughts on that game. What, what do you think? Um, you know, I talked about in the last podcast. I thought uh, Rozier he would come out and he would actually play and get up to the elite status. But like you said, he he fifteen or thirty five uh, and threw two interceptions. That you know that was awful. Uh, he didn't. You, you can't do that as a senior quarterback. No. And, and and that that one was terrible across yes. the middle of the field that was turn, returned for a touchdown. It was and and LSU, um, like you said, Burrow, he just he kind of game you know managed the game, and uh, Bro said, I mean, he looks like he's gonna be a real deal. He hundred twenty five yards on twenty two carries. That's you know that, that's really good. Um, yes, yeah. I, you know, we'll we'll have to say in a few weeks, but you know LSU did beat Auburn last year, so yeah, we'll. Um, I uh, I don't know about 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 this year, but but we'll talk about it in a few weeks. But you might be surprised what I have to say about that one. So yeah. keep listening. Yeah, uh, uh, you know that's that's going to be a good matchup. I can't wait for that one. It sure is. But uh, the next game we had was the the game that's going to be coming on here in about fifteen minutes. In Florida State, mm-hmm. uh, I pick I pick Florida State to win at home. I think they're a little bit better team. I think they have the better quarterback. And uh, that's who I'm going with in this game. I think, Jake, you picked Virginia Tech, right? Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, so we'll just have to see and wait on that one. But the the last game that we're going to recap is the uh, Alabama-Louisville game. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't, you can't talk about Alabama right now without talking about Tua. Oh, yeah. The kid is, the kid is just special. He I is. mean, he's uh, – I mean, I hate it for Jalen Hurts. Because under normal circumstances, he would be a good quarterback for Alabama. But two is just special. I mean, he just I, – I don't know another word. I, like Chris Fowler said, I've run out of adjectives to describe him. <laughs> he's, he's, he's really special. He is. But wh- while we're talking about quarterbacks, I do want to say something about uh, Jawan Pass. I thought that, you know, he didn't really play too bad. He had a couple mistakes. He missed a couple guys. But for his first start, I thought he played pretty good. He went twenty of thirty nine for two hundred fifty two yards. Yeah, and uh, I I think he showed promise. He's a big, tall, thick guy. He's hard to bring down in the pocket. He's got some escapability. He's got a good arm. 
He doesn't seem like the moment's too big for him. So I, I and with Bobby Petrino, I feel like he can have a pretty good career there at Louisville, and, and Louisville will, will probably be a decent team. Maybe not this year, but next year. Yes. But uh, you know they they probably do dread talking the smack to Alabama because Alabama came out like they had something to prove. Exactly. And, and uh, it was a uh, it it really was a beat down. <laughs> we had, we we ran how many different running backs? Harris, Jacobs, Robinson, Najee Harris, yep. Ronnie Clark, Jerome Ford got a couple carries. Yep. Uh, you know, had 222 yards rushing as a team and 297 yards passing. That's a good balanced attack. You'll take that every single week of the season. You know, the, the ball was spread out on the receiving end, too. Devontae Smith had four catches. Waddle had three. Mm-hmm. Judy had four with a couple touchdowns. Irv Smith, the tight end, had two catches for 39 yards. Henry Rudds caught a couple balls. It was just a offensively, Mike Loxley had it clicking. Tua had it clicking, clicking. All the receivers were playing well. It, it was just a – it for a first game of the year, I was really surprised at how well they played. Yeah. I knew I knew Tua could play, and I knew we had good receivers, and I knew we had a good offensive line. But uh, I, I really wasn't expecting quite that many points, and it really could have been more. You know, Smith fumbled the ball on, our, what, our second or third position yeah. at the 20-yard line. I yeah. mean – And we were we driving. Was driving, yeah. And uh, I, but to me, the the biggest surprise of the game was how well our defense played. Yes, you know, Bobby Petrino is a is a great offensive mind, and I mean, for the most part, I've never shut them down. Louisville had how many yards rushing? They had a uh, twenty five, twenty six carries for sixteen yards. Yeah, I mean they they were smothering. Yeah, and and the secondary played well. That I mean, you talking about young? I mean, they had a couple missed assignments. But when they when they were where they were supposed to be, they were covered. Yeah, I mean the the, our, the guys played well. Quinn and Williams showed out three and a half tackles for loss. Yep. Uh, uh, Deontay Thompson was a stud in the in the defensive backfield. Yeah. He was all over the place. That that cat can cover sideline to sideline in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know a couple of the young guys got to play. I, I know you've seen Patrick Sertain get in there. Uh, the the guy from Washington, Ali Keho, he got in for a few plays. Yep. But it was it was a really good performance, really in all three phases. I like the way we directional kicked on our kickoffs. Make the guy make a decision right there in that corner, whether to bring it out, fair catch, or you know, or or, or, or take a knee in the end zone. Right. And it it, it was really well. Jalen Waddle, yeah, he's a stud, ain't he? He is. Man, he he played well. Yeah. Uh, he is quick as a cat. He sure is. Yeah. But uh, I, I thought I thought it was a really good performance. I, everybody thought it was a really good performance. Oh, yeah. But uh, what's your thoughts on the game? Well, I after the game, you know, I've seen checking Twitter and I've seen some stuff, and somebody put it in perspective, and, and this is what's crazy. You know, Alabama scored 50 points and had over 500 yards of offense, and two only played two quarters pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's scary. You know, if he would have played the whole game, you know, we could have put up 60, 70 on him, you know, easy. Um, Tua, like you said, he's special. And uh, we had a great balance, uh, run, tack. Uh, I actually picked the game 55 to 14, so I was right there at it. You were right there on it. Yeah, that's a great that's a great call on your part. And uh, But, you know, everybody was worried about the secondary. But I wonder if uh, we – if you know the we, we could get Deontay Thompson and run for trap for us this year because that, that kid, 
I mean, he, I mean, he, his acceleration speed to catch up to a ball. He, he had an interception and he caught one, but he was out of bounds when he caught it. And I, right. and during the game, I went back. We only had, um, I think, Matt Williams had four interceptions, led the team last year. He almost mm-hmm. already had two, so he could he could get, you know, six, eight, ten interceptions this year potentially. I I believe. Yeah, so that'd be something to keep an eye on. That kid is is amazing. He really is. Yeah. You know, and I had actually heard a couple of weeks. It was probably on Twitter that that there was a scout from the NFL talking about how underrated and undervalued uh, Deontay Thompson was coming to this upcoming season. Oh yeah, he's only he's a redshirt junior this year. So he would have a chance to come back next year, but if he continues to play the way he's playing right now, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't see him staying for his senior season. I don't either. I kid, man, that was awesome. And 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 Jalen Waddle, we mentioned him briefly. That's the kid I won't run and track. Even Josh Jacobs says that he yeah. he probably legitimately runs a four two eight forty, and right. I believe it. That yeah, that cat can fly. Hey, he sure can. Goodness, but yeah, he he's he's special, yeah. but uh. Right now we uh, we're working on our second podcast. I'm really enjoying this. Are you enjoying it, Jay? Oh man, I'm in, I'm loving every minute of it, man. Me too. Make sure you're giving us a follow on Twitter at double cub underscore pod. Uh, you can. We've been. I've been tweeting like crazy on here. So yes, please please give us a follow. Give us some things to talk about. I mean, we don't want to just have to talk about college football right now. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. We'll even talk about politics. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about anything. But uh, anyways, uh, we want to talk about a couple games that are coming up this weekend. Uh, of course, we in the SEC, we have the biggest game is uh, – well, there's two really good games that involve SEC teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clemson at Texas A&M and Georgia at South Carolina. Let's talk about uh, Georgia at South Carolina first. Jake, what's your thoughts on that game? Uh, it's uh, – you know, South Carolina is much more improved this year, and uh, they. But and you and you really started to say that last year. Yes, you did. And uh, but are they up to the talent level of Georgia? Is the, the biggest thing. You know, Georgia still has well, from. Right, they're not they're not as talented as Georgia, right. but and and but you know, but they're talented enough to beat them exactly. And but but you know, don't be surprised if you see Justin Fields take over. Later in the year at quarterback, a lot of people's high on him. A lot of people saying he may be better than from. Um, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, you know, South Carolina's D ranked 44th last year. It was kind of middle of the road, but very respectable. But you know, whoever wins this game will be in the driver's seat in the SEC East. But I think Georgia's going to kick a field goal late and win it 24 to 21. Yeah, I, I can see. I, I can see that Georgia. I'm. You know, it's hard to tell. You know, both teams played cupcakes their first game. Right. But Jake Bentley, I mean, 22-29, 250 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, that that's good against air. Yeah. So, Jake Bentley can play. He's a really good quarterback. Uh, they got a good they got a good ground game with Rico Dowdle and Tyson Williams. Yeah. And uh, they got some good receivers. Debo Samuel's back. He's one of the best playmakers in the, in the conference, really, in the country. Brian Edwards is a big, tall receiver on the outside. So, South Carolina has the pieces, especially on offense, to make it a game. I don't think they're quite talented enough to beat Georgia on a neutral site, but I am going with the upset. I think South Carolina at home in Columbia, 
early in the season. Georgia's trying to decide who's going to be their quarterback this season. And I just I just have a feeling that this is this is the day that, that Will Muschamp has his signature win at South Carolina. I'm going with the upset, 27-20, to 20, South Carolina. Wow. Upset City, yeah. baby. That's, I'm, I'm going with it. Wow. Hey, and, and just, just as another point, I think this is the game that eventually decides the SEC East champion. I think South Carolina will go to the conference championship game this year. Wow. That's awesome. Yep. So, after that, we got the Texas A&M. Uh, hosting Clemson. Uh, this game, I thought about going upset this game too, but Clemson's defensive line is just too stout. They are. I mean, they're they're really they're really talented. Uh, Clemson's trying trying to figure out their quarterback situation right now. Ain't it weird? I mean, right now I think the three best teams in the country is Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson. Yeah, and and they've all uh, have been kind of going back and forth on quarterbacks. I'm, I think Alabama's decided now with Tua. Saban pretty much said that today in his, in his press conference. Yeah. But it's just strange that, that the three best and most talented teams in the country, aside from Ohio State, are, are kind of trying to pick who their quarterback's going to be. Yeah. But Clemson's talented on the defensive front. I think Jimbo's going to do a good job at Texas A&M. He's a good coach. He can coach quarterbacks. He can coach offense. Mm-hmm. But I, right now I think, I think Clemson's just too talented. And I, I, I'm going to pick Clemson to win uh, 31 to 20. Wow. Well, I, I like that pick, but you know th- this is going to be a good matchup, real firm matchup. Um, you know, it's going to be it's uh it's at A and M, so mm-hmm. it's uh you know the 12th man is pretty doggone loud. And hey, that's a tough place to play. It is, and you know Kelly Bryant, he's a very he's a very good quarterback, but. He does get rattled a lot. I mean, look at last year against Alabama. Alabama had him on the fritz. Like, he didn't do nothing. You know, he was so lost. And uh, A&M's got, got a good defense. Uh, Kelly Mond looked, looked sharp the other day. Of course, they was playing, you know, uh, the Northwestern. But still, he, he was up to par. Trayvon Williams for A&M, 240 yards. I mean, that kid's going to be good. I'm right. actually uh, – I'm actually going with the upset. I'm thinking A and M is going to win 28-24. All right, so so we each have an upset pick. Yeah. coming up this weekend. Yep. Uh, so I, I've got South Carolina upsetting Georgia, and Jake has A and M upsetting Clemson. Yep. So let's see if either one of us are right, yeah. or if both of us are right, or one of us is right. <laughs> yep. But we're going to talk about one more game, and we're going to wrap things up here on the Double Coverage Podcast. We're going to talk about way out west. The USC Trojans at the Stanford Cardinal. I'm not sure about this game. I, I'm not. I don't even know what to think about the Pac, Pac-12. I, I really don't. Uh, USC started out slow against what UNLV. Yeah. Uh, Stanford played. Well, they played thir- last Thursday night. I think so. Against San Diego State. Mm-hmm. They beat them 31 to 10. They uh, now Ross Love was held to 29 yards rushing. By San Diego State. Wow. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if Stanford can get them going, get him going. You know, they got a good quarterback. They always play good on about quarterback. You know, they, that's that's kind of their bread and butter and their pro style offense. Right. They got they got some solid receivers. They had they had a guy go six catches, two hundred twenty six yards, and senior JJ. I can't 
Arcega Whiteside. He six carry six receptions, two hundred twenty six yards, and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He's a big big kid at six three two twenty five. So he's a tough cover. He is. Uh, I'm going to pick Stanford at home. I'm going to go with a score of uh, uh, thirty one to twenty eight. No, thirty one. Excuse me, thirty one to twenty one. But uh, I think it'll be a good game. I just think Stanford at home, their running game, their receivers on the outside. I just think they're going to be just a little bit too much for for USC and their freshman quarterback. I, I like that. Um, you know, USC. You know, like I said, they got a freshman quarterback. He he didn't have too bad of a game the other night, but um, you know, like you said, San Diego State uh, held Bryce Love to twenty nine yards. He's he's going to come out hot and ready. So you know, I think he's going to have a big game. Of course, uh, KJ Costello. He's he's really good. I do believe that Stanford will win at home. Uh, I'm actually going to go about – I think it's going to be about 24 to 20. I don't think it's going to be that high score in the game. But uh, I just think, you know, I don't I don't think USC is going – their offense is going to be able to, to keep up with, with Stanford in this game. So, I'm going to pick Stanford. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I can – it's hard for a, a, a freshman quarterback to go into a hostile environment it and is. win a game. It, it really is. And this will be his first road start, so we'll just kind of see what happens. Yep. We're having a good time here on the Double Coverage Podcast. Again, I'm Stacy Blackwood. My co-host is Jake Thomas. You can follow us on Twitter at DoubleCub underscore pod. Uh, Jake, what's your Twitter handle? Do you know it off, off right offhand? Not off of my head. <laughs> um, uh, I don't. My, 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 my Twitter handle is Blackwood89. So give me a follow too. We'll love to. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're up to twenty three followers right now, so maybe we can get that up this week. Uh, we may try to do another one this week. I don't know. Like I said, I'm going to the beach. Maybe we can get together and and, and do another one. But uh, like I said, we're having a good time with this, uh, and we can't wait to do another one. We're we're really excited about the college football season. This first week was great. I'm looking forward to the game that's about to kick off here in just a few minutes. Yep. Uh, looking forward to watching DeAndre Francois after the injury. I think he's a really good quarterback. Yeah, he is. And uh, I'm just really looking forward to it. And one thing, I do want to touch on something real quick. Everybody has hammered Nick Saban after after he quote-unquote blew up on Maria Taylor. First right. of all, he was not blowing up on her. No. He was blowing up on the situation. He yeah. was frustrated from the way the team finished the game with the penalties, the mistakes, the boneheaded plays. He, he was fed up with that, and he's fed up with the quarterback questions. And, and Saban knows that if he would have answered the question the way the media wanted him to answer the question, which is, you know, saying, hey, Tua's better than Jalen in so many words, then the headline – uh, Sunday morning would have been Nick Saban dishes Jalen Hurts, who went twenty six and two as starter. Yeah, exactly. You know that that's not going to be beneficial to his team. No. And Saban's only allegiance is to Alabama. He doesn't care what the media thinks. Exactly. Now, how, could could he have done a better job of handling the situation? Yes, he even said he could have, and he called and apologized to Maria Taylor. And Maria Taylor didn't do anything wrong either. I mean, she was doing her job. Right. She's good at her job. Yes. But, but. Come on, people, grow up. Don't be such a snowflake. Yeah. I mean, Saban, we ought to know Saban by now. He doesn't like that kind of bull crap. Exactly. He he wants to talk about real things. 
Yep. The media generated what we call a controversy. Now, Nick Saban created the competition when he replaced Jalen in the championship game with Tua. Right. But just because there's a competition doesn't mean there's a controversy. Right. I mean, there's competition at left guard every day in practice. Nobody's asking about that. Yeah. I, and nobody's calling that a controversy. Exactly. I don't know. I, it, it just gets frustrating, the media. Uh, Saban, had, Saban handled his press conference today well, and he talked about how he loves all his players and how he – how he doesn't want to make one person feel like a villain and one person be placed on a pedestal. And and I, I'm a parent. I know what that's like. I love all my kids the same, like he said. And it's it's just a he, – he's in a bad situation yeah. because he, he's viewed – Nick Saban himself is, view, is viewed as a villain. Yeah. People think he's a bully. Saban's not yeah. a bully. No. Saban's, Saban's idea of the media is to use them as a platform to speak to his team. And that's all he was doing Saturday night after the ball game. He was telling Jalen Hurts, you know what, Jalen, I love you. I want you to stay with this team. We we think you're a part of this team. We think you can help this team. And I'm not going to badmouth you in front of the world. Right. That that was his whole point yeah. of, of his of his outburst uh, with Maria Taylor. Yeah. That's my thoughts on that situation. Do you have anything to add to that? I was just going to say, you know, Nick Saban has made millions upon millions upon millions of dollars for the university. I think he's got every right to say what he wants. You know, he is making a killing for Alabama and and the folks at Alabama, the boosters, the, the I'm sure his team, I know his team, the fans, we all love him. And and I just think I mean, yeah, like you said, he could have handled it in a better situation, but but he has told he told you again in the game, you know, we like both quarterbacks, both quarterbacks can can help our team and that's where we're gonna keep it at. Now, I do think Tua will be the starter going forward, but, you know, like like we said last week, I think, you know, he's got some design plays for Jalen to get in. Don't, it don't matter if we're up 14 to nothing. Jalen might come in for a series or two and do, do what he can do, you know. But, right. but, you know, I just – everybody getting mad, like you said, it's it's over the line. You know, he's uh, – let Saban coach the football team. That's what he gets paid to do, and he does a damn good job doing it. Excuse my language. Right. But you but, know that's what that. Well, and and here's another thing: when you go into the media profession, mm-hmm. you know when you ask tough questions, you yeah. might get a tough response. That's exactly. part of the gig. Exactly. And, and honestly, I didn't I didn't see Maria Taylor complain about it. No, she did. She, she, she said I she hear ha- she she handled it like a champ. It's yeah. all the bozos on Twitter that were complaining and whining. Exactly. I, that's that's my rant. My rant's over for that. Yeah. This is our second episode of the Double Coverage Podcast. Jake, you have anything to say before we sign off? Yeah, man. We we're just gonna keep keep doing this. You know, we've uh we've got you know college hoops starting up here in a little while. We got NBA, we've got NFL starting. I mean, any kind of um, you know, sports you want to talk about, let us know. We'll talk about it. You know, I'm interested. I'm really in golf, Stacey is too. So uh we've got the Ryder Cup coming up for the USA here. Question is, is Tiger gonna be on the team? He should be. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so there's a lot. We're, we're going to talk sports, sports, and more sports. You know, that's what that's I said right. on Twitter. And uh, we're going to have a great time doing it. And just uh, keep listening to us. Give us your questions. We'll talk about it next podcast. If you get it in, we'll talk about it. Whatever you want us to talk about, just let us know. And we'll talk about it. That's right. Hey, we appreciate the support. We, yes. we appreciate you listening. Mm-hmm. Like Like Jake said, give us some feedback. Give us some topics. We look forward to that. We look forward to talking to you again here on the Double Cover Coverage Podcast. I'm Stacey Blackwood with Jake Thomas. We'll see y'all next time. See y'all.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.